You are now listening to the Life 21 podcast with HK. So, I feel really dispassionate about actually making a podcast, to be honest. Um, in 2018, I started my own podcast called Canvas, sort of as an off the cuff experiment. Um, and within two episodes, I already had a co host, which was Shima33, for those who didn't listen to the show, um, who would eventually go on to become the Dream Catalog general manager himself. Um, we ended up doing that for about, I don't know, 18 months, two years, somewhere around the amount of time. We did about 175 live episodes and probably about 50 offline episodes for a now-deleted Patreon. Um, and the podcast itself was very loose, um, kind of comedic, a bit ridiculous. Um, it was sort of like the home of flap, flap culture. For those who don't know what flap is, I guess, uh, it came and went, so you probably missed it now, but you could have a look around on online to see if you can make any sense of it. You probably won't be able to, but anyway. But all that's neither here or there now. Right now it's um, 2021, and there's this need to create data constantly to put yourself out there if you want to have any kind of career in this world now. So making a podcast is just sort of part of our modern... Um, ritual so to speak and I guess for me it's not too bad because it's a tool in my arsenal that I can utilise um, you know everyone's got strengths and weaknesses I think after doing a few hundred podcasts I'm not too bad at it now I mean I'm definitely quite unorthodox for a podcast host I'm not like slick um, I stumble over my words at times I have a tendency to ramble and go on tangents that deviate from the original point I was making for, you know, quite a long time. Especially when I do solo podcasts like this. Um, with Shima, he would often keep me on track. He was a... <laughs> he wasn't exactly orthodox himself, but he was a bit more slick as a podcast host. Anyway, I think um, at the very least I offer a unique perspective. As for what this podcast will be about going forwards, I really don't know. But I didn't know what Canvas was going to be when I first started that either. It just sort of became its own thing. It developed its own culture and it had its own cult audience. Um, and it was a pretty good podcast, I think. But it doesn't really suit... I, th I just don't think it really suits where we are as a like global culture right now. So I opened this podcast by saying I was dispassionate about making a podcast, and I sort of am. I've really been thinking about this for months now, actually. Like, do I actually want to do a podcast? And do I really want to, you know, continue with my career and such in this way? But the truth is, we don't really have a choice in these things. You know, I've got to figure out a way 
to put myself out there so I can maintain a career in music. Quite frankly, because I haven't really got many other options in life other than, you know, trying to maintain that career that I have in music, which I am very fortunate to have. But, you know, um, if you ask anyone, like, you know, if you had 10 million in the bank, what would you do with your life? I doubt a lot of the people doing podcasts would still say, you know, I'll do a podcast. Or let, let, let's take a step back from that. I doubt a lot of the people who are working would say I would continue with my work. You know, they would do something different. As for me, what would I do? See, potentially, I would do a podcast, but only if I felt I wanted to. Whereas right now, I feel I have to, which really alters my approach to it. But that's the thing. Um, our modern economy really sort of demands this constant presence. Especially um, in any kind of career that involves music or art or anything of that nature. I've seen people like have or be on the cusp of pretty good like career in music and then they'll just disappear for a few months and it's like they've gone right back to square one. That's even happened with myself at times. Um, my music career could have been a lot bigger. I've had like the chance to work with the type of managers who work with big record labels and stuff and I just didn't really go for it at the time. Um, largely in part because I've always wanted to stay independent and not have to um, climb the corporate ladder, so to speak, as you see with a lot of artists who are on these kind of medium to major labels. I've always wanted to just sort of do my own thing because when it comes to conforming to standards and stuff, I just don't really vibe well with that. So it's just a practical decision for me in that sense. Um, but yeah, I sort of, again, like I mentioned earlier, I sort of go on these tangents and I lose track of where I was. But yeah, I guess um, the whole point of, you know, having a career in music or art or whatever in today's world is that you need that constant presence. And it's kind of like weird because if you consider these kind of things in a historical context, even, you know, 20 years ago, which was like very recent in history, but still a very different time, you didn't really need that kind of thing because there wasn't this massive quantity to deal with. For example, how many podcasts are going to be released today into the world? probably somewhere upwards of tens of thousands. So there's like literally no way to keep tabs on everything that's happening in the world. Not that there ever has been a way to do so, but at least we had this kind of illusion that we were sort of all on track together in past times, before the internet and high-speed data transfer. <laughs> 
and that's not just podcasts that applies to either, obviously. How many albums got released today on Spotify and Bandcamp and places like this? How many albums that most people will never hear of? Especially, um, again, looking at today's world, um, people really have this option to just sort of dwell in the niche of choice that they're interested in and not really pay attention to what else is going on, even in the mainstream. And I sort of do that for sure. Um, when it comes to mainstream music, for example, I just have no conception of it. I, I mean, I, obviously I've got a little bit of a conception of it, but I'll come across artists on Spotify at times, for example, who have tens of millions of followers and I've just never heard of them before. And that's that's not the kind of thing that you could really do in the past time because, like I said, we will sort of converged upon this large singular narrative that tied our societies together. But that's the thing we don't really have as a society in that sense anymore. Which is funny because um, I got a little bit of um, slack for this, or flack rather. I got a little bit of flack for this on Twitter the other day from a few furries. Because <laughs> I used a quote from Margaret Thatcher in my write-up for um, my new album, um, Music is Capital. The, it's one of her most famous quotes. It's, um, there's no such thing as society, there's only individual men and women. And I, I offered that quote not in any kind of um, um, I didn't I didn't offer that quote favorably or even disfavorably. I just offered it as a sort of context as to what's happening in reality right now, because maybe that quote wasn't applicable in the eighties when she said it, but it really is applicable today. I think. At least it's more applicable now than it was then. And in that sense, we're living in Margaret Thatcher's world. And that's sort of the point that I was making. We live in this um, world where everything is becoming hyper-individualized, hyper-capitalized hyper and whatever. And that was the point I was making with the write-up that I did for um, Music is capital. If you haven't read it, just go to my bandcamp hkedream.bandcamp.com and it's uh, if you're listening to this around the end of February 2021, it should be the most recent um, upload on the. If you're listening far in the future, then I don't know. Anyway, <coughs> the point is again, um, you know, we have this kind of disintegrated society where people are so disconnected from one another. You can go outside and just walk around the city or wherever you live and the people you walk past are going to be living these entirely different lives um, culturally. Like, imagine the niches that you're into and that you sort of involve yourself in and that occupy your time and life. It surpasses what in the past would have just been hobbies 
these things are really becoming our realities now. These kind of like online realities. So the things that used to tie us together as societies in the past are really unraveling. And I think it's only just going to get more and more like that as things go on. Especially with this kind of tokenization of everything that's happening, which is only going to be more deeply entrenched with the uh, oncoming wave of cryptocurrency and blockchain tech that is really changing the landscape of things. I mean, if you don't know about it, you have a look into NFTs in um, crypto. People are already making six, seven figures just for selling GIF images online because they're selling the um, the sort of rights of ownership in a way that would could only exist with physical art in the past. That's not possible with digital art, and. To me, that's, um, that really deeply entrenches us into this kind of hyper-capitalism. And that's sort of the point that I was making with music as capital. And that's the point that, as it pertains to this podcast as well, about why I have to do a podcast. I don't really have much choice. And I'm not really, like, moody about it, you know? It's just... Um, it's just, you know, it's my job. I guess I've got a better job than other people in that regard. So I shouldn't complain too much, but I am dispassionate about it right now. That might change within a week or two, um, you know. I might become more passionate about it over time, we'll see. But anyway, it's here. I just needed something to establish this with, so that's why I'm recording this. I think um, what I'll likely do with this podcast is have guests on more more than just solo podcasts and if I don't have a guest I'll just pick an interesting topic that's relevant to the times and um, talk about it um, so like I could talk about here for example I could talk about you know capitalism as I've been talking about or politics and cryptocurrency and all this kind of stuff but and see when I talk about this kind of stuff what I usually do is I just make like observations and I, I always come back to this point that I'm sort of apolitical and the reason I say that is because this idea that you have to pick a side is itself a very kind of like left wing idea even even this like concept of left and right is itself a left wing idea in its own right. So it, it it's sort of like when you start thinking in, in those terms, it becomes like an us versus them mentality. And for me, um, because I don't really see things in that kind of fashion, I don't see any point in like taking a stand as such. Especially in this like climate that we live in today, where we do have this hyper capitalism. Like people, people throw around this phrase "late capitalism." I'm not sure exactly where it comes from. Um, probably some 
you know, a philosopher or whatever from the late 20th century, but I'm sure I've, like, read it somewhere before, but I can't remember. Anyway, this phrase, late capitalism, um, I don't think it's actually very applicable. I don't think we're in late capitalism. I don't think there is any kind of possibility for there to be late capitalism as such, because... Things are just becoming more capitalistic. And I said earlier in this podcast, I used the phrase hypercapitalism. And I'm sure someone's probably said it before, but I guess I came up with it in my own mind anyway. But what I mean by that is we're moving into this like state of such excessive capitalism that to object to it is just fruitless. And You know, maybe someone who sees themselves as more left-wing would find that demoralizing, but, you know, that's just the way I see it. So what's the point in pretending otherwise? And that that's actually how I see a lot of politics. I see it as playing, play, play and pretend in many ways. Not to say that people aren't genuinely angry about things, for example, and then act upon that anger in a political fashion, say like protests or riots or even just making their opinion known. But when I say it's like play and pretend, I mean it's, there's like literally nothing you can do about the actual progression of capitalism as it is. This tokenization of reality it's just a fact of life. So what's the point in like screaming into this infinite void? Because the void itself will only swallow the scream. So that's um like if you've ever heard me on podcasts before, I always talk about how um Infinity is sort of like our modern religion that has really displaced Christianity. And infinity as a concept that we just sort of inherently believe to be true without questioning it, I think that that is the primary source of what gives way to nihilism and that kind of emptiness that has overtaken most people's way of thinking. And that itself is what has allowed capitalism and eventually tokenization of reality to occur. But I'll talk about infinity more in a future episode. I don't really want to get into that right now. So, yeah, is this is this um, Life 21 podcast going to be as morose and miserable as this first episode as it goes on no I don't really think it will be but I just sort of wanted to set a context and a foundation um, is it going to end up like Canvas no I don't think so again because Canvas was 2010's culture right now we're in the 2020's Covid era 
I used to talk a lot back back in the twenty tens about the promise of the roaring twenties and such, but it's funny and like you can see this in like lots of sort of art and such. When people make predictions, they're often just talking about the time that they're in. So when I was saying the Roaring Twenties, the Roaring Twenties, um, and all this kind of stuff, I think it was actually just a reflection of the culture of the time. The, it, it was really the Roaring Tens. That's the that's the decade the Twenty Tens was. It was very roaring. Now we have this very. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of has its uh, moments of chaos and intensity, but because of COVID, we always um, fall back to this much more chill, um, passive culture as we've sort of started to develop. So I think we're really in the kind of like chill 20s or the shit 20s, I don't know. No, it's not really that shit. It's just a bit, uh, it's just a bit of a cold start, I guess. But. I don't think we're going to have this kind of like roaring chaos culture that we did in the 2010s either. I just think, you know, it's a bit more weird. Anyway, if you uh, want to follow anything that I do, you can go to life 21 and find most of my information there. And... Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening to it. So until next time, peace.